Welcome to another edition of the Sola, po- Sola Gratia podcast. I'm David Prairie. I'm joined, per usual, by your friend and mine, Aaron Arnold. Hey, hey. Now, the last time we were with you all, we mentioned that we were on the road north uh, from Chattanooga to Indianapolis, Indiana for the Gospel Coalition uh, National Conference. Uh, that that conference uh, ended today, and so Aaron and I now find ourselves uh, working our way back home. Yes. And, and what, what better way to pass our time than to have a conversation with whoever might be listening. That's right. Uh, so what we thought we'd do is to give somewhat of a recap of the conference and maybe talk about uh, what was what went on at this one and what was helpful and and um, and just about what we heard and, and why we feel like it matters so that's right uh, again since I'm trying to uh, keep it between the ditches and the semis and the semi trucks here on uh, I-24 uh, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Aaron do the Take, take it from here. Do the, right. do the asking. Do the questioning. Yes. So, some people who are listening uh, might not know what TGC is. So, I think it would be good just to explain what TGC is and what this conference was all about. Yeah, I guess the official title was TGC19. That's the hashtag. That was the hashtag. And you're only as official as your hashtag. I don't think you could do a conference without a hashtag these days. Not anymore. If you don't have a hashtag, you're not a real conference. That's right. Not a pound sign, a hashtag. Uh, TGC is the abbreviation for The Gospel Coalition. Uh, 19 happens to be the year in which we are recording this and in which this conference took place. So That's right. So TGC 19 is an abbreviated way of saying uh, the Gospel Coalition National Conference for 2019. And, and, and based on what we learned, sidetracked just a little bit, based on what we learned about uh, various Gospel Coalitions popping up around the world, yeah, uh, I guess this would be the technically the North America, yeah, or at least the, uh, the U.S. National Conference. Yeah. Probably North America. Because it sounded like they might could have those in other countries as well. Yes, other countries, other continents. And I think they said that one of their goals, because they really focused on letting everyone know that they were doing a lot of stuff internationally. Yes. Which is really cool. Because they can reach their people a lot better than, like, North America could. And they explained that. Yes. Some of the some of the leaders from uh, and writers and and members of the Gospel Coalition and other countries were here too, explaining that we are able to give resources to our people that are gospel focused, but are are geared towards the issues that we're facing in our countries, and they operate kind of independently but together. If that makes sense, like. North America isn't like, oh, you're you're all under us and you got to do as we say. 
that was my understanding. It yeah. was really neat. There's a lot of good stuff going on. Yeah, it's a cor- it's a corporate effort. Um, it, it's a united front, I think. But each each uh, location is able to do what is best for their uh, for their own people. Yeah. Now uh, that that in itself doesn't so much explain what the coalition is. Right. Um, the coalition um, primarily is probably best known by its its website. Yeah. So so if you were to do a uh, an internet search for the Gospel Coalition, uh, you would probably be directed to uh, the main website, thegospelcoalition.org. And that is a website that is, um, well, it, it, it is daily updated by a variety of uh, bloggers um, and and really uh, communicators of, of a variety of sorts. So not just not just written materials, but uh, podcasts and videos and uh, and sermons and so forth from Christian leaders around the world. Now they they are. Uh, I think it was pretty clearly stated that that. Uh, Confessionally, at least, the Gospel Coalition uh, is reformed. Uh-huh. Uh, so most of these, really all of these um, authors, speakers at conferences like this, uh, council members on the coalition would be would be coming from a, uh, a reformed perspective. Yeah. And um, but but the coalition is is just that. It's it's a uh, it's not a church. It's not a denomination. Uh, it's it's a coalition. Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't I it doesn't keep official membership. Right. So so just because Aaron and I were at this conference, we would not officially be members of the coalition because right. there is no official membership of right. the coalition. But you can also because of who they are, uh, you can trust that their material is theologically sound. In the broad sense, yes. as far as like, there might be some issues that we disagree with, with, you know, some of the people who even spoke or presented or did breakout sessions. I mean, that's just how things are going to go. Yeah. But these are people who care about the gospel. Yes. They care about, um, you know, making sure that there is scriptural integrity, yeah. a high view of scripture. Yes. And, you know, very, very solid. I was really encouraged by that. Yeah. And it would, it would claim uh, the, 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 the senior uh, authorities, so to speak, of this coalition would say all the same things about the local church that, that we would, and some of, some of which we just did. Yeah. But the coalition is not a church, uh-huh. and it's not meant to take the place of churches, yeah. and it's not meant to have authority over churches. Right. So it's not, it's not even an assembling of various churches. It's, yeah. a, it's a very helpful, sound resource yes. for both churches and the layperson yes. who may not know where to turn uh, at some point. Like, maybe they do, but maybe they just need help and they don't know where to look for on a certain topic or yes. issue, how to deal with certain issues in the church. These people are going to come at it from a very sound theological position. 
And I'm glad you mentioned that it's for pastors and for lay people. Yeah. It's not only for what we would think of as professional ministers. Uh, a lot of it is, I suppose, pastoral in nature. Yeah. Uh, I think they understand that the majority of, of traffic that they're going to draw from on their website and blogs are are going to be uh, folks who do ministry for a living, so to speak. They're going to be the um, you know leaders in their churches, uh, but but you don't have to be. Yeah. Any any Christian looking for theologically conservative uh, resources is going to benefit from uh, being a regular visitor to the Gospel Coalition yeah. uh, website. I know, I've read a lot of their stuff and used a lot of their uh, resources in the past, even when prepping for speaking to the youth or uh, Sunday school or whatever, so yeah. I, I've always found them very, very helpful. Yeah. Um, so, so that's the that's the coalition. That's who they are. That's what they do. Uh, this conference is something that uh, I believe is is uh, an every other year kind of event. Uh -huh. We did hear today of kind of a preview for a conference, a women's conference, a Gospel Coalition Women's Conference, that I, as I understand it, takes place in the off years of this national conference. Uh -huh. Uh, so we heard a little bit about that today. There's a what they're calling TGCW20, Gospel okay. Coalition Women's Conference of 2020. So that'll happen next year. Um, but the but the conference itself was uh, or is a, a an every other year kind of a meeting of uh, of, of folks who who want to attend. Yeah, I, I don't suppose there's really any specific. Uh, criteria no. to attend. There's no. You, know, you don't have to feel fill out a, where are you at theologically, or we won't let you in here. That's right. Uh, in fact, you know they were the they bring messages, and I guess we'll get into this. But uh, you know they're sensitive to the fact that there might be people there who aren't Christians. You know That's who right. don't know the Lord That's and. Right. There was also on the, they have a, it, it was a lot like Facebook. It was an app that, that showed you what kind of stuff was going on, where you could find things. But the activity stream was a lot like Facebook or Twitter or whatever. You could post pictures, you could make comments, you could like, you could comment back, you could private message. It's all <coughs> contained in the app. And, um, oh, I was going to say something about that and it just me, but the, uh, shoot, I can't remember what I was going to say. You can, tell, <laughs> you can tell we do this unscripted. Yeah. Now, um, you know, I'll add that the, the nature of the conference was such that, uh, the, the setup is, is, is pretty, really very simple. Yeah. Um, so over the course of the past three days, we had, I believe, eight, what yeah. they, uh, called plenary sessions. So, so everybody all together in one room with one main speaker each of those messages was uh, preceded and then usually followed up with some sort of musical worship um, even the music itself was very uh, conservative a lot yeah. of hymns yeah uh, old, old hymns as well as new hymns but uh, a lot of a lot of hymns um, you know this was uh, 
something again that that would be um, you know relatively uh, tame. Yeah. You know, this is it's not really a. Um, there was no mosh pits. There were no mosh pits. Uh, there was some swaying, yeah. I suppose. Some raising of hands. I would say a fair good worship of, of raising of, uh, expressive of hands. worship. Expressive worship. That's good. <laughs> Um, but in addition to those main sessions, uh, there were some breakout sessions, some what they called auxiliary uh, events. <clears throat> excuse me, that took place outside of the main sessions for folks to also uh, get into some smaller um, settings and and hear from. Uh, I want to say they had. In fact, I think I saw it advertised that they had something like eighty different presenters, eighty different speakers, yeah. uh, counting all of the breakout leaders and uh, panel folks from all the breakouts and and so forth yeah there were um, dozens of exhibitors yeah so folks uh, with various parachurch ministries and um, uh, Christian um, colleges seminaries doing advertising at the at the conference as well and um, so yeah just pretty um, Educational. The, uh, talk about this a little bit later, but there was a bookstore at yeah. the conference. Uh, hundreds of books yeah. available for sale. Discounts. Uh, really, really good prices on these. Lifeway uh, Corporation sponsors that bookstore yeah. and, it, and does a really good job of, of running it yeah. and helping folks uh, to find good resources, uh, not just written by the speakers, but, but I think... Um, I think they're careful to give resources that would line up with right um, with what the speakers would endorse. You described it as theologicon. Yeah. And then I said that the only cosplayers there looked like they were cosplaying as X twenty nine hipster pastor church planner. That's right. But uh, all good, all good. Yeah. And I remember what I was, I forgot. Okay. Um, what I was going to mention was that as far as like, there, of course, thousands of people there. Yeah. Uh, I should have mentioned that. And I never yeah. actually heard um, the, the actual attendance. But it was massive. I wanted, I'm going to, my educated uh, guess would be somewhere, in, and I, I think maybe I even heard this number um, guesstimated as well would be about 8,000 yeah that's the number I heard people uh, at, at this event so a uh, lot of people a lot of people so of course with that many people you're going to have people at all various walks of uh, their stages of their Christian life and I had seen on the app uh, one you know several people they didn't know some of the song titles and they were asking for the song titles okay and, you know, these were fairly well known. And so it was just really, you know, as far as different walks in their spiritual life, some people, in fact, in a crowd that size, more than likely there were those who hadn't put their trust in Christ yet. Yeah. And, uh, but it was, it was very good. And the messages, which I guess we'll talk about now, unless you want to add something else. No, let's talk about messages. They were focused, most of them, kind of the theme. Well, the theme was conversations with Jesus. Yes. And 
So we looked at the Gospels the whole time. Yes. And I believe the kind of the main point was evangelism. And, and a, lot of the, a lot of the messages, they stressed it. Some not as, meant as much stressing on evangelism as others, but that was certainly key and I think probably, especially David Platt's. Um, but yeah, so the sessions, what were some of the sessions there? Well, before I talk about uh, specific sessions, uh, let me mention just as far as that, that theme of evangelism, I thought, um, I thought Don Carson, who, uh, as I understand it, Don Carson, um, who, who, is, um, who, who is a professor up at Trinity uh, Divinity School in Illinois, so Don Carson and Tim Keller uh, of New York City, a former pastor there, the boy, uh, Aaron's boy, Timmy Kay. Those two guys, Carson and Keller, are the uh, founding members. I th- so, so the Gospel Coalition is kind of the brainchild of Carson and Keller. Yeah. Uh, so as Carson was introducing the conference on the very first day, uh, his introductory statement uh, mentioned the fact that the Gospel, so think about the obviously the centrality of the gospel in all of Christianity, but but even in the name of this coalition, the Uh Gospel Coalition, he says the gospel uh, is is one of those rare things that is best preserved by giving it away. Yeah. And so he mentioned uh, that this conference wanted to focus on the need to, as he put it, gospelize. Yeah. Or evangelize. Yeah. And so that's where the, the origin of this year's theme came to be. So each of the main speakers uh, did, as Aaron said, take a text from one of the four Gospels and uh, and focused on various conversations, various what we would think of as evangelistic conversations or actions uh, by Jesus to those he came in contact with. Yeah. Um, so that, that's, that's the overview. Yeah. Um, Very big, broad... Overview. Yeah. Now, how, how did you want me? Do you want me to talk about just what you want to pick one, and or just talk about? Uh, I guess we could give a, a few that that really really highlighted. You know, John Piper started. Yeah. And he, I've never heard John Piper live, and I haven't heard a lot of his preaching. I've read some of his books, but well, let's let's even maybe pause right there and just for you. Because uh, because yeah. I've I have not been to a gospel coalition conference before. Yeah. But I have been to a couple of other what I would consider similar. Yeah. Conferences <coughs> with even some of the same speakers before. Yeah. Uh, for example, together for the gospel. Yeah. Which is primarily uh, more of a pastors' conference. Yeah. That one also happens every other year. That one happens in even numbered years, actually. Whereas Gospel Coalition is odd numbered years. Um, I think I've been to T4G three times, mm-hmm. and then this past January I was at uh, what's called the Cross Missions Conference, which is actually targeted towards uh, college age students. So I was able to go up with some some college students from our church uh, to that. So all that to say, this. Um, 
particular conference was new to me, but the but there was enough similarities uh, of it to some of the others that I I had heard Piper yeah. before, for example. But you having not really attended a conference in this in this frame in this category, yeah, maybe it'd be good even before we talk about the messages. Just what? How was it uh, compared to what you expected? Uh, what was your overall takeaway of of the thing? I expected it to to be pretty intense, uh-huh. and that it was. You know, there was a lot of really good. A lot of good preachers there. A lot of good preaching. John Piper spoke on... And I don't have it in front of me. I'm really bad at remembering passages. But his main text was... When Peter rebuked Jesus. And, you know, he... John Piper just came out and said... You can't stand in opposition to Jesus. Because when you do that, that's satanic. That's why he called Peter... Satan in that text. And we can be, we can fall into that same, I guess that same category when we're refusing to do what Christ wants us to do. Uh, Or if we say, you know, I know a better way. Uh, But, you know, surely that was, that was really intense. And it, because he goes on to say in that text, Jesus does, and if we don't uh, deny ourselves then we're not going to find our life. And, you know, whoever whoever gains the whole world, loses his soul, you know, it's, it's awful. And I think, because I can't remember if it was someone who came, came after him or if it was him, who was like, imagine you own everything. I think it was John Piper. That was Piper, yeah. You own everything in the world. You just have to see and hear him say it. It's yeah. so good everything and then you die and you're standing before God and you try to give him back everything and he said something uh, and I remember jotting this down something to the effect that you can't obviously you can't bribe God but you can't especially you can't bribe God with what you've turned away from him so if you turn away from God to turn away to something else, you can't bribe God with that. You can't pay him off with that. You can't try to use that, excuse me, you know, in a way that honors God because you've turned away from God to chase those things. Yeah. And so that I thought that was a really good way to start off the conference was just, you know, when you get up in the morning, you got to kill the man. You got to, boom, you're dead. He says something like that. Before yeah. you go to bed, boom! The old, man, the old man's dead. Yeah. You gotta kill him. Kill your old self. So, this is a good way to start. Yeah. Um, I always enjoy Platt. I've never seen him live, but I've heard him yeah. over live stream because I've been to some of, the, some of the secret churches. Yeah. And Platt just... He's so it's great, you know. He he started off. He, he's he helped remind us that the core issue is sin. Yeah. You know, and I think that was a running theme throughout some of the messages. That like a another theme was you got to remember to preach the gospel. 
you know, that doesn't mean stop doing humanitarian things. Yeah. Don't give to people in need. But just remember that they need that. But they also, at a deeper level and a more urgent level, need the gospel. Um, and Platt preached today, and he preached on the paralytic. The, the one that... And he gave it a lot... I love the whole, like... Because you don't think about this. You know, you, I think... Someone even mentioned inoculation against the gospel. Yeah. Is, you know... If you... You grow up hearing these stories. And you're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. This guy... His four buddies cut open a roof. Lowered him down. But he gave a very vivid picture, you know. And some of it... Very... Uh, took a lot of liberties with it but it was yeah, so funny smart artistic artistic liberties but and tearing the the guys tearing the roof off dust falling in Jesus' face everyone else's face what is going on and uh you know Jesus Jesus wasn't just like your sins are forgiven you know go on your merry way um but he healed the man too and vice versa he didn't uh you know, he didn't just heal the man. He forgave him his sins. Yeah. And so he met him on, on both ends. But, and we've mentioned this before, I think it's... You can... You can leave out one to focus on the other. Yeah. And, and Jesus focused on both. Yeah. Uh, so I really enjoyed hearing David Platt speak. I enjoyed hearing Tim Keller. Uh, his message was... And he even used the word esoteric. I felt like it it was about the Holy Spirit and new birth. And how does it come? Jesus' encounter with Nicodemus. Yeah. John 3. How does it come? What does it do? Um, And it it was was an interesting talk. Um, But but there wasn't a lot that, that stuck out to me from that one other than I was just really glad to hear Tim Keller speak and see him live um and I loved um Kevin DeYoung never heard him speak yeah. read read a book or two of his I think maybe just one got a few that I need to but that guy's not using the signal coming on over semi um can't remember what he preached on. The young was uh, Luke four, Jesus um, preaching from Isaiah in the synagogue, yeah, and saying, uh, "Oh, yeah. this is today. This is fulfilled in your hearing." Ah, oh, that's so good. <laughs> yeah, because because he brought it up, and you know, and this is this is what a lot of people I think, especially people who who take a very low view of scripture, who want to politicize Jesus as a hippie. You know, and and I think it was DeYoung that was even, you know, getting onto the liberation theology and like Jesus, you know, he's uh, just out there, you know, to only do the social work, right? And and so people who who don't want to view Jesus as God, they you can't ignore it when you come to a text like this, and that was. That was something I, I took away is, you know, here's Jesus in a temple 
reading the scrolls that they've read for several hundred years. He's like, okay, this is about me. This is about me. You have just heard this fulfilled. And, you know, you can't get away from that. What else? What else? How do you get away from the fact that when Jesus is on the road to Emmaus, I'm getting off on a tangent, but I'm just going to keep going. You know, he's talking with the, the, the guys on the road to Emmaus, and he's like, everything in the law and the prophets points to me. All the Holy Scriptures point to me. And uh, and I just really, my favorite thing, I think, was just from his talk was, um, you know, remembering that he, just the, the, the high view of Scripture that they take and remembering how important that is, even when it doesn't fit our own personal cultural values. Or what culture says is important values. Um, they might be important, but you can't you can't let those override what the Bible says. Right. That's unchangeable. Yeah. And uh, Chip Lee spoke last night. I really liked his talk. Yeah. You know, uh, I think he was the one who brought up that there's a lot of times that we feel entitled as Christians. And, you know, God's healing, whenever he healed these people, it was a gift. And, you know, we're, all of us who know Christ are going to be healed at some day, but it might not be yet. And, you know, he really counteracted a lot of the prosperity gospel that says, come to Jesus and everything's going to be A-OK. You know, it's not. It's not going to be. But one day it will be. And so that was really encouraging. And, uh, you know, Don Carson spoke today. He was good. Uh, and I, I know I had something like starred and marked from his talk. But without it in front of me, I just, I can't remember. Because it's informational overload. But, uh, but I enjoyed hearing him talk. You know, I think David said that kind of a dry speaker it's hard to listen to on through headphones preaching well i of course when i said i think i said that probably last week yeah um and i it wasn't that i didn't mean it but i but honestly i thought uh today and, and i'll admit today's the first time i've heard him uh in person so maybe maybe there's that factor to yeah. it as well but i actually thought today he was as engaging as i have ever yeah heard him and not that I've heard him preach uh, a lot but you know six or eight times probably and uh, he's very much a lecturer Uh, that is um, he's he's a um, he's he's a teacher uh, perhaps even more so than a preacher in the sense that he's Just style-wise, I guess it's it's less of a. um, It is a proclamation, but it's it's also very much. uh, He he has has more of a professor type approach to it, I suppose, which makes sense. He's a seminary prof, uh, super intellectual, scholarly man. Yeah. Um, In fact, and I think I mentioned this to you uh, before we recorded it, but I actually probably was most. 
happy, most glad to hear from Carson and Keller. Yeah. Because those were the two guys of all the main speakers that I hadn't heard in person yeah. before. Um, Carson spoke today from John eight on, or sorry, John eleven on Lazarus being raised from the dead. Uh huh. And we mentioned Keller speaking from John three about the encounter with Nicodemus. Yeah. Now, I'll say this: um, what I thought was great about all the sessions is you have. For one, you have a variety of theological perspectives. Yeah. Okay? So you've got the Baptist perspective. Uh-huh. Piper, um, Platt, H.B. Uh, Charles, uh-huh. uh, Tripoli. Um, those guys are... Have Baptist uh, leanings. Yeah, you have uh, the Presbyterian leanings. Yeah, which would be Keller and um, Carson. And uh, you know, I I don't I don't know honestly yeah. where Carson uh, lands ecclesiologically. Yeah, but Ke- but Keller and uh, Ligon Duncan. Yeah, and Kevin DeYoung would all be Presbyterian. Yeah. Carson, I get the sense, is... Um, Bacterian. That's probably accurate. Yeah. He's Canadian. Bat- we learned that today. Yes. Um, outrageous. Yes. He, Jesus was outraged. He is... Now, his, we mentioned his school, Trinity Evangelical Divinity School. I really don't know their denominational... Yeah. Maybe you could look that up for us. Um... I'm not entirely sure of their... It's it's not a Baptist school. And it's not a Presbyterian school in name. But it's certainly an evangelical school. Right. Again, in name. Um, I don't I don't know that it's... Would it... I don't think it would be Anglican. Uh, I don't... Either way, you've got you've got a you've got some you've got a fair amount of uh, denominational representation there among the yeah. among the speakers. So I thought that was good. He uh, he graduated from well, he didn't graduate. Uh, he got his MDiv from Central Baptist okay. Seminary. Um, I wonder where he's a. I wonder if it would if something would tell us where he attends church. I'm not sure. Okay. I can look it up, but we, well uh it's it's not overly important, I suppose. Yeah. But um the other thing is not just not just a variety of theological uh perspectives, but a variety of preaching styles. Yeah. Now, I will say that all of these messages were what I would consider expository. Yeah. You know, they they were dealing with a passage. They were working through the passage. They were exegeting the passage. Yeah. Uh, they were bringing out the main points of the passage. Yeah. Uh, some of them had more what we would call structured outlines. Yeah. Those at, were at least, very easy to follow. Yeah. At least at least more clearly articulated structured outlines. Uh-huh. Um, with the with the points and the subpoints and so forth, 
Um, but but some were some were very you know you mentioned Piper. Piper is just an intense yeah. speaker. Platt is was described today as an urgent speaker. Yeah. You just get a sense of urgency yeah. with what he says. You, you hear him and you feel like you got to go out and do something. That's right. Which should be Kevin DeYoung's approach, because that's his book. Yeah, just, just do, do something. something. By the way, D.A. Carson looks to be a Baptist. Okay. That's, that's not that's, that's not too surprising. Good so, for him. Yeah. So you got a Baptist and a so you got Presbyterian as the heads. Yes. Formation. That's good. Yeah. Work together. I agree. And um, so so Piper and Platt are so to speak the probably m- more intense. H.B. Charles was intense. He was. Um, you know he, he I think H.B. Charles. Actually, um, I think he might have come out of, like, uh, John MacArthur's school masters, uh-huh. I think. So his his um, his exposition is just really, really good. Yeah. And, um, but his intensity is almost more like a, um, um, say not quite Piper or Platt level but he's he's uh, maybe this is fair what you would find more in a, in a black church yeah um, for sure which makes sense he's yeah. a black man yeah uh, just but but really very very passionate preacher very easy to follow then you have um, then you have folks like say Keller uh-huh. who is um, he's very conversational Oh, very, yeah. very laid back. Very laid. Doesn't back. really raise his voice. No. He's he's um, he, the arguments he makes are, uh, you know, they're intellectual, but they're also he's. You can tell it's as though he's addressing uh, those who he would expect to disagree with him. Right. Uh, which is which I think um, again just knowing his knowing what I do about his ministry. Is, is common for him, especially because the the culture of New York City, where he's right. ministered for a long time, is a very skeptic kind of culture. Yeah. Um, Trip Lee, I felt like, was was pretty conversational. Yeah. Oh, very conversational. Uh, we mentioned Carson is a little bit more of a lecturer. Yeah. I would even say DeYoung and Duncan. Um, Duncan is a little... They're, they're probably the... They're probably the mixture... They have the right balance of... That, per, that pastor professor yeah um, pop culture referencing <laughs> yeah yeah very much and uh, and though I'll say this about both those guys and this would make sense is they have experience both in pastoral ministry and seminary ministry yeah so so those styles do come forth all those guys are obviously extremely gifted otherwise they wouldn't be asked to speak at conferences with thousands of people. Right. Uh, but, I again, just overall, I appreciate the balance of styles, the balance of perspectives, uh, the variation of... Each of those guys, I, I, their personality comes across in their preaching, and some of those guys are really genuinely funny. Oh, yeah. Too. Yeah. Um, Trip Lee was absolutely hilarious. Very funny. Very I funny. Loved, I loved hearing him talk. 
good. So that's, that's, that was uh, an overview of the main sessions. Yeah, so in those main sessions, what was your... Um, well, let me ask you this, okay. before, and then we can kind of like big highlights of all of it. Uh, they had breakout sessions yeah. that we could not choose from because we had been pre-registered by the church staff, the former pastor, whoever got our registered, all these people and, from our church, and they couldn't go. So uh, we had to figure out, all right, whose sessions do we want to take? And so you could go in there if you didn't have, if you didn't register, but you had to wait in line. That's right. And if they didn't, they weren't there. You know, if it was all filled up, then you couldn't go to it. Then you had to go hunt for another session. So I just, I picked two, and I went to those. Uh, so, which breakout sessions did you go to? Uh, the two that I went to were, I went to one that was um, led by Albert Muller, uh, Southern Seminary's president. He, his talk was on uh, why young people should invest in institutions. Mm. And the, the main takeaway from that was uh, him talking about the difference between movements and institutions. He says movements uh, either don't last or they become institutions. Yeah. And institutions are what last, and uh, therefore uh, young people who who typically would prefer to be a part of a movement uh, should should ensure that that they're actually a part of of institutions. Now he wasn't exclusively promoting Southern Seminary, although that is an institution. Uh, but he he was, I think, mentioning the uh, importance of just institutionalizing what it is you stand for. Yeah. Uh, and, that, and being a part of, whether it's churches, obviously churches, but possibly um, other organizations, could be seminaries, um, could be whatever, whatever, I don't want to say permanent realm of ministry because nothing on earth is permanent other yeah. than the church. Jesus says the church will... Uh, nothing will prevail against the church, but uh, something something that can. Um, I think one of the illustrations he used is is you think about the institutions that we belong to now that were here before we were and will be here after us. Yeah. And and those are the kinds of things that, in the long haul, seem to be able to bear the weight of of our lives yeah. if we invest in. So I thought that was good. The second one I went to was a pastor named Ray Ortland. He's a pastor in Nashville, and he talked about, um, I think the title of the talk was, Yes, Your Church Can Be Healthy Again. That sounds like a good one. It was very good, and he is um, uh, an experienced pastor, a seasoned pastor, a very down-to-earth pastor. Uh, I've, I really kind of got the sense that he, he was in that talk really speaking as an older man to younger men mm. and uh, just you know in a fatherly type way yeah and um, from what I've heard of him even before yesterday I, I sense that that's pretty common for him and, yeah uh, and I thought I thought he did a good job with it so yeah those are those are the two I attended yeah and I hope it, they said that they recorded all of those I, th I believe Hopefully. that's I believe that's right. I yes. know they recorded a lot of them, 
because uh, you would go in the breakout rooms and the cameras would be set up. Yeah. So there's. I, I want to read that. I want to listen to watch that one. Yeah. I believe all of them um, were at the very least uh, audio recorded. Yeah. Audio is fine. But that sounds like a lot of good information. It's not a lot of the breakout sessions. I mean, there were probably 60, maybe, yeah, or uh, uh, 45. 45 or 50, something like that at least. Yeah, because it was almost 20, and they had three. Yeah. We only got to make it to two each. And some of them um, some of them involved more than one person. Yeah. So some of them were panel discussions. Yeah. Group discussions, that kind of thing. I went to Russell Moore's The Storm Tossed Family, and he spoke about, of course, that's... His yeah, new book that's out. Book. Yeah, which I've read. Highly recommend. And he was talking about how, uh, you know, it, it, we want safety in it. You know, we want safety in the family because um, it's dangerous out there. Yeah. And, you know, he also was talking about how spiritual battles, some, and this is, I think, my biggest takeaway from the talk was spiritual battle is usually it happens usually in the most mundane parts of life like as Christians you know we're not in all this weird stuff so you're probably not gonna have floating furniture and you know all the exorcism kind of stuff going on yeah no scary uh I won't even watch the movie it's so scary but uh but, you know, he gave the, but it's the normal everyday stuff when you're worn down, that's the spiritual battle. Yeah. You know, uh, and he said that he had been praying so long to have kids. He finally had kids. And one day he was really working on a book and his kids were too loud. He's like, would you get these kids out of here? And he realized that was a spiritual battle going on. Yeah. Um, you know, so that was really good. Um. Uh, you know, and he, he gave a lot of... And I took a lot of notes. Um, but just a lot of... You know, he talked through some of the, like... When you're in a family, you, you're either going to experience, like, suffocation or humiliation, you know. Yeah. Either the family's going to try to smother you or they're going to bring you down or something. And he was also touched on, you know, how if you're... Uh, how every family in the Bible had prodigals. Yeah. You know, and you can't... You know, if you're raising someone and they don't fall in line with how you view Scripture or they turn away from God, you know, you, you have to pray for them. You have to be there for them. You have to love them. But you can't let it crush you as a person and like your quote-unquote failure as a parent. Yeah. You know. Uh, that's not... You shouldn't let that happen. And so, a lot of good things to keep in mind, you know, if I ever have a family. Uh, sounds like a good book. Probably speaks to a lot of, like, what's going on in families these days. And then the, the second one, and this was probably my absolute highlight of the whole conference, was Sam Alberry's talk on discipleship and you know and he had his four points four or five points about yeah you know, I can't remember them all 
you know, but he, he really wanted to bring the the reality of what discipleship is yeah. and what it can be. And so, like, someone asked him some practical ways, like, how do you disciple someone? And he said it it's reciprocal. So when two when two Christians decide, decide to get into this discipleship kind of relationship or this mentor mentee, it's usually reciprocal. You learn things from each other. Yeah. It's not it's not the the Yoda Luke Skywalker relationship. It's you know more the I don't know Captain America Iron Man relationship. I don't know. Um, well, it might be, maybe it's, it's, it's less, uh, it can be something like a father-son relationship, yeah. but it's, it's oftentimes more like a brother-to-brother. Right, brother-to-brother. Brother. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, so that's how he said we do it practically. Yeah. But, and this is so important, and I know others have said it, but he, he talked about how you... If you're a Christian, then you're a disciple. Yeah. You know, it's you can't be just a fan of Christ. If you're a Christian, you're a disciple. And if you're a disciple, then you're going to be making disciples. Yes. That make disciples, that make disciples, etc., etc., etc. And so, just a really good, practical, truth-filled talk that for me as someone who you know does use um has an accountability partner it it just it's just really good to hear that and uh you know what it should be all from scripture really love that so um so yeah that was uh, the breakout session and were there any other highlights or big takeaways or do you think you've mentioned those I think I mentioned mine. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, I don't know that I'd single necessarily one um, part of the conference out. I, again, I, I appreciated the variety of all of it. And I, think, I think all of those things worked well um, together. One, I mentioned this to you before, but I'll say it again now. One thing I, I wish uh, maybe had been an added element to the conference would have been to have some, um, some more panel discussions yeah. on the main stage yeah, uh, to where you could hear not necessarily only the main speakers but to I think on the main stage would have been a great place to see some of those discussions yeah. uh, take place among multiple people yeah. uh, to me that's one of the great strengths of the T4G conference is, is that uh, interspersed throughout the preaching they have you know uh, panel discussions, yeah. which are shorter than the sermons, so yeah. probably about half the length of a sermon. Yeah. But you get three or four, sometimes five guys around a table, and they're able to have a conversation amongst all of them on a given topic, and it really helps to, I think, humanize yeah. the speakers. You're able to see them, see how they are more off the cuff, yeah, rather than with a with a scripted message, yeah. Uh, but that's. I understand the design of the conferences are different, right. so... And they might have had some of those... To, oh, go ahead. Well, just, you know, they don't have to reciprocate all they do at each one. Yeah. 
And they might have had some of those panels in the auxiliary events. Yes. And in the breakout sessions, yeah. but you couldn't make it to all I th- of it. I think they did. The other thing that you and I went to, we didn't mention, yeah. is last night, um, so the, the recorded podcast uh, of Al Mohler interviewing Jonathan Lehman about his new book on um, politics. Yeah. And that um, was... Politics in the local church, especially. Really good discussion. Again, that's a book I've read. So that's I, a book I want to read. So I've appre- I appreciated what Lehman, how he summarized his book. And um, really important discussion, and, and again, really well done, I thought. Yeah. Well, since we are fastly approaching your house, we are just about to go up the ridge cut, and we started this back, back around Woodbury. Um, I'll ask you this question. Okay. Um, would you recommend going to a conference like this to our listeners, would you recommend them going to one of these in the future? And if you do, why? And if you don't, why not? Well, yes, I would. Um, I think here's the thing about conferences in general. For me, I find them. I find them personally refreshing. Yeah. I I, I enjoy um, not just getting away from my own work for a few days, but I think that being able to go to something like this really enhances and kind of invigorates what I do in ministry yeah. on a regular basis. So yeah. so for me, I find it very refreshing. I know not everybody's in full-time ministry. Um, I really think that, that even if you're not in full-time ministry, things like this are good uh ways to be spurred on yeah. in whatever your role is in the in the church. Exactly. So so for that I say I say um, I say it's it's worth it if if you can uh, can take the time and, and do it. You know the le- there are good conferences and there are bad conferences. So so certainly be uh, be aware of that. Yeah. To me this is a, a great conference yeah. because of the high level of as we mentioned um, integrity uh-huh. and uh, but also just wisdom of the folks that oversee this thing and uh, I think I think lots of Christians would find it just really very spiritually enlightening and helpful Yeah, and uh, so yeah I, I, if it's a good conference and, and you can Of course, the other the other reality is um, that really all these things are live streamed. Yeah. So even if you can't take uh, take the time off or spend the money to attend one in person, yeah, you can go. You could you could follow along as it's happening. Yeah. Uh, or, or watch the videos and watch listen the recap. to the, the recordings later. Yeah. So so those resources are available whether or not you're actually able to attend in person. The yeah. be- there are benefits to being there in person. I think there's a, a an element of of um, benefit. Yeah, um, is the only way I can think to say it right now. But uh, yeah. of of actually being in the room as those talks are taking place. Yeah, not to mention the the camaraderie with some of the other attenders uh, and the book- sure. and the bookstore. The bookstore. That's right. And uh, I'm not sure if we're gonna get to that really big. Um, 
I happened to win $300 worth of books. Yeah, you did. And I had to run about a mile to get them because we had left the conference and gone to lunch. And that's quite a story, maybe for another time, but... Um, but both of us uh, did bring home some books yeah. uh, we're eager to get into. Yeah. Uh, the visual theology book, especially by Tim Challies, yeah. looks incredible. Yeah. Um, I too would recommend if if you can't go to if you can go to a conference, definitely do it. Um, I felt spiritually refreshed, excited, uh, and I think. I think a conference like this and just hearing good, solid preaching like this, even on really familiar texts and especially on really familiar texts in a setting like this, helps you refresh your mind, reminds you of the important spiritual truths, and uh, gives you just an invigoration for the gospel and sharing it with others. And um, I'm also encouraged to pick up a lot of the books that I don't have and haven't read. I do have and haven't read yet and read them soon because they're they're piling up. Mostly virtually but on the Kindle but they're piling up and there's just so much good stuff out there so um, really good conference great speakers a lot of encouragement and uh, yeah we are about a thousand feet away from your house, so I guess it's time to sign off. I guess so. All right. We'll, uh, it's been fun. It has been. Um, for uh, until I guess until next time. All right. Uh, this has been the Solar Gravity Podcast. Thanks for joining us. All right. See you later.